Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of What Pad Reads, where we'll be reviewing the book Born from Chaos by the author Spite. It has 5 million reads, 344,000 votes, and 145 parts. Personally, I love long books, and ones that can hold my attention. It's like amazing and I love long books, long chapters and at first glance I was like yay you know a long book but we'll, we'll, we'll get into it more. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the summary here. In the old times all there was were the necromancers and the reapers. Perfect opposites, perfect enemies. One, a race that ripped the earth apart giving life back to the rotten remnants beneath it raising whole undead armies. The other, a band of scythe-wielding warriors intent on destroying their seemingly evil counterparts. But then there came a house of orange-eyed dead razors known as the LaHaye family, a coven of converted necromancers in the everlasting war between their kind and the reapers. And so for hundreds of years, all there was was the necromancers, the reapers, and a strange family caught in the middle. But then there came a girl, orange eyes and skin the color of, the, of soil and the sun. And everything changed with Nick's LaHaye. After a disastrous night at an abandoned amusement, amusement park, suddenly it wasn't just the necromancers and the reapers and the peculiar family. Suddenly, perhaps anything could be considered possible. Perhaps there was a group of dead prodigy boys living in a New Orleans copycat. Perhaps there was scarred ravens tapping on the windows of houses at nighttime. Perhaps these ravens were men also, with strange coats that turned to feathers in the blink of an eye. Perhaps there was a kingdom for the gods hidden away from the world, with horns and spells and blowing pink smoke from cigars. Perhaps the lines between the dead and the living could blur until even you were unsure of the meaning of the word. Perhaps. Chapter 1 Coolrophobia, Fear of Clowns The pendant sat warm and pulsing against the hollow of my throat, flashing every few steps to assure me I was going in the right direction. Detectors were rare and extremely valuable, but stubborn as to choosing who they would work for. The plump ruby ruby hanging at the hollow of my throat had been found in the trunk of a dead tree at the back of my grandmother's house when I was seven. She'd hired workers to cut it down after the roots began to break apart her concrete paving. I'd gone to investigate the mess while they'd been on a lunch break, only to come back holding a priceless gem the size of my eyeball. My father, a reaper who specialized in the study of detector stones, had fashioned a silver-braided chain and encased the ruby in a matching frame. He'd trained the stone to flash with light when its wearer began to approach their desired prey, the stone pulsing faster and faster the closer you got. The pendant threw off another beam of red light as I continued walking. This one had been taught to flash in the presence of not only zombies and other necromancers, but also creatures that belonged to the in-between. Things that weren't entirely zombie, but also weren't quite human. 
something that we were there to look for that night. Above me, strings of faded, mostly busted party lights hung, only a select few still giving off faint glows. Along the skyline, stadium lights rose, overviewing what I assumed was a football matched match and casting silver patches across the scene before me. The detector flashed again. Yellow, sickly, artificial light poured from stalls either side of me, and now and then, a lamppost would stand to throw some light out in places that the booth lights didn't reach, which would have been fine. It would have totally been fine if this place actually had power. The park hadn't been powered in years, which meant that everything was being driven by something else, something or someone that wasn't supposed to be here. My boots crinkled over discarded candy wrappers and long-forgotten flyers. The colors faded and the paper half blended into the dirt from years' worth of rain exposure. The stalls that lined either side of me were all faded paint, broken cork bench tops, and ripped awnings. There were tiny box-like rooms, one for fairy floss, one for toffee apples, and another for that game where you shoot the targets on the moving metal ducks, and another for the game when you have to throw the rings over the poles to get a stuck toy. Carnival stalls. Every stereotypical, tacky, cliche stall you could think of made a long corridor in front of me. I made up into one that looked like an abandoned ice cream van. I checked the cupboards and the drawers and even behind the door for anything that might have gave me an idea of what we were up against. But all that was left were a couple of cardboard cups for smoothies. Most of the stuff worth stealing had been stolen years ago when the park had first shut down. My detector flared in annoyance, but liking the fact that I was wasting, not liking the fact that I was wasting time by checking every building. But of course, that was part of the job. You wouldn't want to leave behind an item that could act as a beacon or bring more in-betweeners to the area, or worse. My father had laid down the standard rules and jobs as soon as we'd pulled up. I'd eye the arc that marched the entrance as he spoke. Welcome to Sanderson's Amusement Park, it read in curved text. Only now, the L, C, and E had fallen to the ground, and amusement had been crossed out with spray paint. Apparitional scrawled above it. Vandals with good vocabulary. From there, we all split up. My father going right, my mother going left, and I going straight down the guts of 30 years vacant Sanderson's amusement park. We received an email from the academy a few weeks ago explaining the five recent murders that occurred within the park. There had been five postmortem shots sent as attachments. Five girls. The abdomens have been, had been covered with white cloth, but from part of their exposed chest and cheek, we could all see the deep, angry purple-red gash, gutted. Most of them had other varying injuries. Some had, their, some had the back of their heads caved in. Others had their limbs wrapped in tightly bound barbed wire. Others had broken bones or limbs sewn to different parts of the body but all five girls had the same distinct trademarks. Gutted, mouths cut into long, bloody grins, and finally, 
Each were hung up from the entrance sign. We'd been informed that the, that the police had come and removed the girls, conducted tests and sweep of the park, but still had found nothing. And it was then that the Miston Academy stepped in. When not a single trace of evidence can be found, it is supernatural. It is inhuman. And the Academy will take matters into its own hands to make sure whatever it is, is handled correctly. AKA, send out their reapers to hunt it down. Or in most cases, send out my family, the LaHays. We were an old family of necromancers. Hundreds of years ago, our ancestors converted sides in the never-ending war between the necros and the reapers. They turned on their own kind and began to train and live like the enemy. LaHay children were sent to the Reaper Academy, given sights and the ability to handle items only reapers were able to handle. All the while, having to deal with our necromancer powers and the social pressure of being the enemy in a world where having that title was highly frowned upon. The ruby flashed again, illuminating the inside of the ice cream van once more in annoyance. I covered the stone with my hand as I jumped from the truck back onto the crunchy, rubbish-covered ground. Jeez, dude, why don't you just throw off a goddamn beacon? Let everyone know we're here. Heat seared into my palm as a retort. Before me, one of the stalls cast a golden square on the ground from light coming within. Most of the stalls within this particular part had been unlit or lit so dimly that I wasn't sure if the light was actually on or if it was just a trick of the eye. They had made the stall's light bright on purpose. I blew the air out of, of my I blew the hair of my fringe away as my breathing picked up. They always did this. They always did this. They always tried to scare you off. Something would move in the corner of your eye. A light would flicker once, twice, three times before shutting off. Something would be thrown at you from across an empty room. A single light bulb shines in a house filled with broken ones. A chair would scrape across floorboards. A whisper would sound from above. Each in-betweener had their signature. They were smart like that. There was always a part of each hunt where they would try to scare you off, get to you to leave. This was that part. The stall was the last before you entered the rag grounds. It was a booth with a row of painted clown heads at the front. Some of the porcelain heads had been smashed with bats or had strips of spray paint running along them. Their mouths were open in a laugh, their heads clunk chunkily swinging from left to right, the rusty metalwork screeching and grinding as it did. Glitchy, repetitive carnival music poured from a busted speaker above the stall's awning. Another squeaky metal noise sounded to my left at the entrance to the rides. Marking the open was a huge black tunnel guarded by some mechanical statue or robot bolted to the ground to meet the visitors. It was a clown, dressed in one of those multicolored jumpsuits. One side of his face smashed in, revealing broken shards of porcelain metal and exposed wires. Its remaining face had been painted, but, over the years, had been scratched and faded by the sun. Rosy cheeks, exaggerated blue eyes, full red lips, covered in an old, scratched gloss.
Okay, so I actually had to stop reading and I wasn't even like half of it. I wasn't even reading. That was that beginning of me reading that first chapter was almost 10 minutes. It was like nine seconds and nine minutes and 30 seconds. And I had to stop because it was so long. And I didn't even read half of it yet. So with things like that, I mean, don't get me wrong. The chapter was exciting. It really pulled me in from the get-go. I liked it. Um, But when a chapter is that long, generally it turns away your audience. Like if it wasn't interesting to me, it might not be to other people. But if it wasn't interesting to me, that could definitely turn people away. And I don't know if I mentioned before, but the genre of the book is... One second, guys, while I'm getting this together. But in the meantime, yeah, when it's like that, it turns people away. So right now, I'm currently on chapter... 87 of 145 and I personally I like the book so the girl the main character her name is Nyx um in the summary it described her as with with um let me read it orange eyes and skin the color of soil and the sun By that description, I would think, you know, she's a black girl, you know? But when you're, when I'm reading, when I was reading throughout it, it would make it unclear sometimes because sometimes it would say she's so pale or um, they would say she looked like her sister and her sister is um, white or something. It was just a bit confusing, but I just continuously pictured her as being black because that's what it said in the summary so I just you know thought it would be like that so let me just read some of the tags that she have here yeah it says black lives matter dark dead boys do it better Eric's fantasy free your body ghost grim reaper Halloween magic necromancer reaper all of these things so I would say it's like kind of a fantasy not horror but mm, a little bit it has that kind of feels ish but fantasy whatever and yeah like it says it has black lives matter in the tags but she would describe the girl a different way sometimes and that part was just confusing but it's fine and um what else stuck out to me was the description of the characters like I could definitely well besides for the main character that is I could definitely picture the people in my mind like for real and it's just amazing I just like the gist of the book it's um about necromancers and reapers reapers are the people that uh take souls as far as I'm concerned and necromancers I think those are the people that can bring the dead back to life and it's not like an old 90s book about people just you know like 
rising from the dead. No, it's like real time, um, authentic, up to date, like relatable content. And I really, really love it. The only thing, like if you're not one for lengthy stories, then I don't know if this is the book for you. But I will say it is definitely worth the read. I'm looking forward to finish finishing it all the way through all 145 chapters. So yeah, that's one thing. I always finish the books that I review so I can give the author like a good a good report. You know, I don't want to just read the I don't read the first chapter and say, "Yeah, it was horrible. I didn't like it." No. I read at least 10 chapters. And I write down all my thoughts through each one. And then as I'm continually reading past that, I make up my mind to say, okay, have I read enough? Have I figured out the plot of the book enough for me to go review it, you know? So don't think that I don't actually spend time in the book and spend time reading it because I do. But I would honestly rate this book 9 out of 10 because it is really amazing it's really fun and I personally love long books I look for books that have at least 30 chapters or more because I'm a fast reader and I love to read like seriously love to read that's why I started this podcast because I'm doing what I love I'm giving people um a chance to be noticed in the meantime so Five, nine out of five, nine out of ten, totally would recommend this book to anyone. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to tune in for the next one, and be sure to like message me on any of my platforms. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Wattpad. I'm on Snapchat, like message me on any one of those and let me know what book you want me to review. I can review yours or just one of your favorites. I totally do that. And I can definitely let you know when it's going to be ready and if and when I could review it. And I definitely can. I've never turned down anyone so far. And I've gotten like a lot of reviews, but you know, reading it takes time. So I'm doing it like as fast as I can. But if you want me to review your book, let me know. Hit me up any of my social platforms and I'll definitely get to you. And also, if you are looking for an amazing book, check out one of mine on Woodpad. I'm found at Misunderstood98. I have Vanilla Twilight, Dawn, Friends, Understanding Him, literally check out my books i'm sure you would love them leave comments vote do it all and if you want to be featured in one of my reviews you can just let me know too there's a an option on the anchor app that you can leave a voice message and i can definitely insert it into the review so you can also if i'm reviewing your book you can explain to the readers or the listeners in my review, you know, boost your audience. So if you want to get more listeners, if you want to get more readers on your book, 
then let me know. Like I said, once again, hit me up any of my social platforms. But until then, see you in the next episode. Bye.